We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted, the film show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? G'day, Unscriptonites, and welcome to Unscripted, the film show for another Thursday night. Uh, I am Lewis. I'm joined by Cecilia, who's sitting over there. Hello. Good afternoon uh, on this dr- dis- dismal <laughs> afternoon here in Perth. Uh, that's where we're located. But it's uh, completely dark and it's rainy and it's just not what we like here in Perth. We want, we want our sun we- and we want our... Warm weather. We do. We do want our sun. I think. I think the weekend's supposed to be sunny. Let me go, ch- go check the the app and see. Give uh, you a weather update. Well, yesterday it was like um, little sunshiny things mm. uh, going on Saturday. Saturday sunshiny. Um, now it's a little uh, sun hiding behind a cloud for Saturday oh, and Sunday. Oh, what a shame! Well, I hope that little cloud goes away and the sun pops back out through. Uh, I, I'd be very happy with that. But uh, we are in the middle of winter. Well, not middle of winter. We're at the beginning of winter. Mm, mm. So, uh, yeah, I guess we just have to persevere and push through and, we're, you know, count ourselves lucky. We're pretty pretty lucky here in Perth most of the time. True. And we, we are, like, coming up to the, the longest day of the year, which is, like, at the end of June. Um, oh. The, uh, the the winter uh, – is it winter solstice? No, it's the summer solstice because it's the – like because all, all in the, the northern hemisphere. Yeah. It just happens to be our winter. Yeah. So, yeah, because our winter solstice is Christmas. Ah, that, that's right. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. We, it's, it's all topsy-turvy uh, opposite Up land. and down and all over the place. But uh, it is perfect uh, <laughs> movie weather watching, though. It is uh, really good, good for watching movies. I must admit, like, it's one of those things this time of year where, you know, on the weekend you kind of feel like you should go out and do something mm-hmm. like mow the lawn or do the garden. And But if it's, like, just pouring down with rain, you, you can't do that. Exactly. So, so you're quite, uh, you know, you give it a pass to just, like, sit on the couch mm-hmm. uh, or lie in bed or, or, or whatever and, and just, you know, watch a movie. Guilt-free. Um, because as I said last week, that's what Kat and I did. We went through, we rewatched all the Indiana Jones films, preparing for Dial of Destiny, which comes out at the end of this month. Uh, and, and it was great. Um, and then last weekend, Kat had a, a conference all weekend. Uh, so I was left at home alone. So, you know, obviously you have a choice of like, you know, um, booby trapping the house in case there's going to be any criminals trying to break yep. in uh, or uh, sliding around on the tiles in your underpants. A la those Tom those are business. the choices. The, the only two. <laughs> the only two choices. Uh, although there, there was a third choice as well because there's um there's a vodcast, uh, WA Animation vodcast mm-hmm. uh, that uh, have, I think it's just once a month they do it and the next vodcast they're going to be doing is on the dark Disney era. Oh, which sounds, that sounds exciting. I know, I know. I'm enthralled. Well, <laughs> The Dark Disney era is uh, like the era after Walt, mm-hmm. after Walt died, um, until like the early, so the late 80s when The Little Mermaid came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the films, they, <coughs> sorry, I've got to apologise, I've still got this, this lingering cough, <laughs> which is so annoying. Um, it, it's one of those things like, uh, it only happens when I'm talking. Uh, the only downside is, is my job. I'm always talking yep. and uh, my hobby, which is what I'm doing now, I'm always talking. talking. So I'm trying to like, you know, suppress the, the, the uh, desire to cough. Um, hence why my voice sounds so freaking weird. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, uh, the dark Disney period is, is the time after Walt um, and before this guy, Michael Eisner, really full-on took over. Mm. Um, and then you got, like, movies like, you know, Little Mermaid and The Lion King and Aladdin. And that is called the Disney Renaissance. Right. Mm. 
There you go. But the uh, the dark era is um, uh, it's got all these films which are uh, got more uh, you know dark. <coughs> So dark overtones. In fact, two of the um, the movies, one of the last ones is called The Black Cauldron. So mm. black is very dark. And, it is. And the, the bad guy is like literally like this guy who looks like Skeletor. Um, so I watched that. And it was all about like finding this dark cauldron and destroying the dark cauldron and all this kind of stuff. Um, then there's another one that's called, is a live action film called Black Hole. And this film was made in 1979 and it was going to be... <coughs> Sorry, going to be Disney's um, uh, Disney's answer to Star Wars. So it was going to be um, the, the the film that like they 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 break the box office with it, uh, but it was really didn't make it <laughs> to that far. Um, the idea was this: um, it's it's in the future. Mm. This ship is traveling through uh, through space, like doing the discovery thing. Look, what's that? Um, and then uh, they come across a black hole, but just in front of the black hole is a ship, and it's a, a, like an, a human ship um, or like space station type thing that's just sitting there where it should be getting pulled into the black hole. Mm-hmm. They get to the ship, and the ship is uh, got one human guy on there. The rest of the crew are robots, and there's these weird look- looking robots who are like wearing masks and stuff like that. Um, and they they're kind of like, "Oh, we'll take you home," kind of thing. He's like, "No, no, no, I've got to go into the black hole." And the whole thing's about him wanting to go in the black hole and the mystery of the black hole. And it's just it's it, the thing thing is, a black holes like suck. Everything, yeah. in. They, they, they suck life out of everything, and this film felt like that. <laughs> um, very weird ending to the film as well. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's what I'm going to be doing. So I watched a few of these dark Disney films. I watched The Black Hole, watched The Black Cauldron. Yeah. Um, I watched Fox and the Hound. Have you ever seen Fox and the Hound? I have, and it's sad. And I mm. I think I've seen it once, and I've never watched it again. And and maybe that's why, because I'm assuming it's part of the the dark era, mm-hmm. which is perhaps why I um I've I've never revisited. I just remember being very sad about something in this film and going, I don't want to ever see that again. Well, it's such a, uh, like, the, the concept of it is, um, you know, it's all about, like, there's the, the, the fox. Mm. Uh, at the beginning of the film, the fox is like, uh, you see this mother fox, like, mm-hmm. bring her, her pup and, like, drop her by this, this fence and then, like, run off and try to take the hunters and the, the dogs in a different direction. And then you hear a bang and then you're, the assumption is that the mum is dead. Yes. Good assumption, I think. Um, so you've got the, uh, the the fox Todd, who's like sitting there, and then this owl called Big Mama comes down, and it's kind of like, oh my god, I've got to like help this fox somehow, um, which is completely not what would happen in real life. Like in real life, the owl would probably come down and eat the fox. Yeah. But we suspend disbelief with Disney films. Um, so the uh, so Big Mama's like, oh my god, I better like you know save this fox, and she goes and gets this woodpecker mm-hmm. and this other little. But I don't know what he was. Uh, they've got their own little storyline where they're trying to capture this um, uh, um, bug. No, what is it called? A, um, uh, hungry caterpillar. They're trying to catch ah. this caterpillar who's like you know really good at avoiding them and just hanging out in this tree. So that's their their Subplot. story. Mm. But the three birds like help uh, the fox get uh, adopted by this uh, nice old lady who lives next door to a guy who happens to be a hunter. Oh. <laughs> and the hunter has um, an old, grizzly old uh, hunting dog and he brings home a pup called, um, what was the pup's name? Copper. Brings home a, a pup called Copper. And Copper and Todd, the fox, form a friendship behind the backs of like mm. their 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 owners in inverted commas um and they're just like being puppies and going oh this is awesome this is great yeah and then uh copper goes off for hunting season (laughs) and obviously they grow up and then when he comes back he's a hunting dog and todd is a fox and so there ensues the the issues that's really sad because the old lady has to like take todd to a game reserve where you can't hunt to try to save his life and he doesn't know what's going on so she's oh, kind of like so sad this yeah. <laughs> see, see what i mean, I mean you know, bambi did come before this and bambi was like the whole like the mum gets killed and you know so the disney films have always had a dark element to them but yeah in the dark disney period it was a particularly dark kind of inspiration was happening there 
I don't know whether it was just because people were like for a couple of decades mourning Walt's death, yeah. but it did certainly come out in the filmmaking. Oh, it's so sad. I, I yeah, I, Disney for me is quite difficult because I find lots of sad things with their films, uh, but. I won't go into that, but, you know, Fox and the Hound is, is a classic example of why I've probably only ever seen that once and I'm not sure why my parents, you know, let me watch it when I was such a young kid, but uh, I guess they thought it was a kid's film. Well, it does sound like the Fox and the Hound. You just go, yeah, yeah no it's worries. It's really that, that sounds sad, great. though. Same as The Lion King and even Winnie the Pooh at points can make you quite sad because, you know, Eeyore's this, you know, depressive type and, yeah, I, there's lots of little sad things. But it's interesting, Um, the Aristocats came up as part of the mm, dark mm. era and I don't remember that being a particularly sad movie i feel like that ends uh on a on a high so and it's quite uplifting uh and it's definitely one that i can watch and watch <laughs> so it can't be that dark if i can watch it oh there's got to be uh, there's got to be some some shines of light in the uh yeah. in the in the uh, the dark era see it's interesting i can watch horror films and all that macabre stuff but the moment you put in you know cartoon animals mm. oh no, I'm done. They know how to pull on the heartstrings. They really, really do, and it's yeah, it's emotional. So there's there's one film um, it, that was made during the year. This one was a live action one. And it's called Return to Oz. Yes, Return to Oz. Well, I can see why that would make it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Return to Oz is is a, a movie um, that seriously I think uh, would give um, uh, like children nightmares for, for a very long time. There was these characters, because in the original, like, uh, Wizard of Oz and other iterations, there's always the flying monkeys. Mm-hmm. That's pretty scary in and of, of itself. Yeah. <clears throat> And this thing they had these like roller things where they, these uh, characters had like roller skates on and, and wheels for hands mm. and they were just elongated and, and really bizarre uh, and give you a you know, real nightmare fuel. Oh, just looking at the images, I, I've, I typed in Return to Oz and then I clicked on the image search function and the scarecrow <laughs> is horrendous. That is enough to, yeah, give you nightmares. And there's a pumpkin and a weird-looking tin man. Oh, that is creepy. Yeah, yeah. And Why the, anyone would watch that is just, oh, beyond me. And the thing that gets me as well is the storyline. So in the first film, obviously, uh, you know, there was the whole storm thing and uh, Dorothy ends up in Oz and then she finds her way back to Kansas. And um, in this one, it starts with Dorothy in a psychiatric institution and they're about to give her electroshock therapy. Oh, my goodness. So some not good stuff's happened since, uh, since Dorothy got back from Oz. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of questions about, like, uh, you know, is the, um, you know, this, this trip to Oz just the effects of the, uh, the electroshock therapy and that sort of thing? Oh, and, mm. I see. That makes sense. Mm. But I'm, I'm kind of eager to, to give it a, another watch. Like, I think, <laughs> I think as an adult I can handle it now. Yeah, you could probably take it as an adult and you'd probably appreciate it uh, for what it is and, and the absurdity of it. Uh, I don't know if I'd watch it. It's just too creepy for me. But uh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever watched that. Uh, so, yeah, good good for me. <laughs> I'll stay away from that. But the, the, uh, the actress who plays uh, Dorothy is Feruza Bulk, um, mm. who uh, if you'd watched uh, The Craft uh, or Almost Famous, um, she's oh, also in American yes. History X. Like she's got a very distinct look. So Oh, it is her, but she's really, really young. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. So it's uh, I, I'm oh, I'm just really yeah I've got to try to uh, work on cat to see if we can watch this again because it's uh, it just it's really tickling me like <laughs> just, I've got to I've got to go back for a revisit got to, got to, got to do, give it another watch research it's so, called research exactly so it's, it's research. you know you've got to do it although I am focusing on the animated features but yeah I'm I'm tempted to go back. it's good to go back and watch some stuff but sometimes things are just like old things are can be a hard slog to watch they can like, be that oldie got a <coughs> That only kind of acting where they kind of thought all you needed to do to act was just say the lines and um, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like when I was watching Black Hole, it was like people just standing there and they're just like almost reading out what the, the, the line dialogue. was. As long as you deliver the dialogue, yeah. that's fine. But there was Nothing no else. there was no emoting yeah. or anything like that. It was just yeah. So, but 
it just I think when you do go back and watch old films, it makes you understand like just how far film and how far cinema has mm-hmm. come. And I, I think that some people, um, Martin Scorsese and uh, you know other like Quentin Tarantino, they they kind of hold certain films in such high regard mm. and then they say things that aren't these kind of films are not cinema. It's kind of, well, no, if it's on a cinema screen, it's it's cinema. So just mm. get back in your box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, because it's, it's, all, it's all cinema. It's just varying quality of mm. cinema. But anyway, I digress. I was, I was getting on a soapbox. I shall uh, step up my soapbox um, and I shall play an ad and then we'll come back and we'll start uh, talking about, you know, other films which are not old films but new current films that you can go and see, see. today if you Sounds want to. Sounds good. There we go. Thank you very much to our sponsors. Always good to have you on board. Um, you are listening to Unscripted the Film Show with myself and Cecilia. Uh, we, we're, we're obviously um, uh, you know, community radio people. We are. Um, uh, but there, there, are, there is other radio out there called commercial radio. Um, and uh, I know both Cecilia and I are actually wrestling fans. We are. <laughs> we are indeed. Uh, Me uh, more recently than you. You've been a long-time fan, but, uh, yeah. That, that's true. <laughs> um, but the... Uh, uh, Fellow, like, um, you know, radio person, obviously, like, as I said, in, in the commercial radios, not in the, uh, in the community radios, um, is uh, a guy called Peter Corelli. Um, he's on one, one of the other, other stations. Uh, and uh, he's, he's found himself in a bit of bother with a, a certain wrestler called Mikey Nichols. Um, at the last EPW show, uh, he, he was there um, and he was, you know, showing a bit of support to uh, Mikey Nichols' tag team partner, Davis Storm. Uh, Mikey took a bit of exception to that and decided to put Peter through a table. Oh, as you do, as, as you, you do, do. <laughs> in wrestling. It's <laughs> okay, Peter's fine. I, I went to the, the football uh, a week later and I saw him at the football and he, he seemed okay, he seemed fine. But the uh, the beef grew between uh, Mikey and between Pete and uh, it's, it's culminated uh, this Saturday night at EPW Evolution 2023 where Mikey Nichols, who is a a wrestler with over 20 years' experience in the ring, hundreds of matches under his belt, uh, is going to take on uh, Peter Carilli, who has no experience in the ring, um, <laughs> no, uh, no time uh, whatsoever under his belt. Uh, he, he does have some you know, snazzy wrestling duds, mm-hmm. but this is really, um, uh, this is really uh, reeking of uh, Andy Kaufman versus Jerry Lawler. You need more than a good... <coughs> Good outfit to uh, to impress in the ring. You need some technique. You need some skill. You do. Uh, you, you really do. do. Going in a bit. Whoa. So yeah, I I've got my tickets. I am going to be at Evolution on um, uh, on Saturday night. I'm looking forward to it. Williston Sports Stadium. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. So uh, I just thought I would mention that because uh, yeah, you just. Uh, fellow radio person yeah. you know I, i'd Absolutely. like to i'd like to give him some support but uh <laughs> you're I, not banking on that one are you <laughs> i think he's gonna need some i, I, I like, maybe he's gonna get some outside help maybe maybe he's been training all week maybe, maybe he's doing a rocky at the <laughs> moment and uh he's just done a week's worth and he's all of a sudden a pro but uh yeah interesting to see hey mm. maybe, maybe he's been training for years and, like, and we don't know no, and just like his physique like when he's wearing clothes mm. uh, he doesn't he looks like a normal like dad bod kind of person yeah. but maybe it's just all fake and like he's just really ripped under there and he's just gonna like, <laughs> it's go, a like Hulk Hogan <laughs> probably not <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah the um I, I had a big week of, uh, of movies uh, this this week. Like it, actually in the cinema, mm. sitting down, eating popcorn. Um, tough life. Started, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. It's, it is tough sometimes uh, when you've got to sit down after a long day at work and yeah. engage in a film. So well, it, it can be tough. And also the thing is that we like you know we've got no uh, control. Like most people, if they're going to go and see a movie, they'll go to their local cinema, mm-hmm. which might be. 10 minutes away, mm. 20 minutes away. But when we go and see films, the, we, the lovely um, uh, movie distributors put on screenings of films and you just go to wherever the screening happens to be. Yep. Um, and invariably, a lot of them are like Whitford's, mm-hmm. uh, which is the furthest one away. <laughs> it just takes forever to get there. Uh, or Karen Up. Lovely cinemas, great cinemas, just mm-hmm. just far. Far. And uh, then the car parks are insane mm, mm. in 
I mean, if I don't go there often enough, I park and I'm like, oh, I come out and I go, where did I park again? (laughs) And then I'm wandering around looking for my car like a loser. Uh, So now anytime I go to the shopping centre like Whitford's or uh, Karen Up, I'm like, all right, where have I parked? Exact location so I know exactly how to get there. Just take a photograph of it. (laughs) Oh, I have to sometimes because often if you arrive, the shops are still open that you can walk through the centre to get to the cinema. But when you come out of the cinema, of course, the centre's shut. So it kind of throws your sense of direction. Mm. Uh, all over the place. So now I never go through the centre anymore. I, Good uh, idea. Because, yeah, I've been caught out too many times looking for my car. Yeah, get as close <laughs> to that cinema as you exactly. can. Exactly. Um, so uh, I had um, Transformers Rise of the Beasts on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Then I had the uh, Revelation Film Festival, um, uh, was it, brochure, um, uh, uh I don't know, what, what do you call this? Like a program, program. launch? Program. <laughs> that's, that's the word. <laughs> that's, a, that's a word I was chasing for. Um, the program launch, I saw a movie called I Like Movies. Uh, and then on uh, Tuesday night, I saw The Flash, mm-hmm. which is a film I have been hanging out for for a long time. <laughs> a long time. Uh, but uh, I'm just going to briefly talk about uh, RevFest because RevFest is the 12th to 16th of July. Mm-hmm. So there is a bit of time to um, get on board and have a look at the uh, the program and that sort of thing. But the um, the, the film they, they showed was kind of interesting because if, if you're like movies, um, you might want to go and see a film called I Like Movies, uh, which is a story about a a socially inept 17-year-old cinephile called Lawrence Queller. And this guy, uh, he's like the the classic kind of cinephile. Mm -hmm. He's a person who will judge you because of the the movies you like and don't like. Um, And it just, it's like very, it's one of those things where it's hard to watch because he's so Awkward. Mm. You just want to give him a, a slap upside the head. But <laughs> the <coughs> during the film, it's like life actually gives him the slap upside the head, and the way he treats people is just so poorly, mm. and he doesn't see how he has an impact on, on the people he's talking to, and. He wants to go to New York and he wants to go to this, this film school. This film school costs $90,000 a year. Also, $90,000. I think it's really, it probably the, the whole tuition. But the he just doesn't understand, like, how things work, like how you work and then you've got to pay, like, tax and insurance and all the other things. Um, he just assumes he's going to get, like, heaps of money and be able to go to film school. Um, and he, he just he treats his friends uh, poorly treats his mother poorly. Uh, he he is the star of his own movie, and so he he just doesn't care about anyone else. So it is a, a hard film to to watch, but it does kind of get to to a resolution. It's kind of interesting uh, to watch it as a, a film person, somebody who talks about films all the time, and you have seen these kind of people mm. in your circles, like um, people who like are so um, you know, overly positive about their abilities but don't actually show any talent. <laughs> <laughs> Pretentious people. Yeah. Pretentious film goers that think they know everything. <laughs> but it's uh, – a. Yeah, it's he's a he's a narcissist and he's a film snob, um, but uh, it's a it's a good film to to watch and uh, have a bit of a reflect back on the time because he actually his goal if he needs to get a job is going to work in a video store hey. or a DVD store which we we can all relate to exactly. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's really cool and there's a, a um, another. Uh, uh, person that like uh, as well as his mum who's got an uh, <coughs> effect on his life and that's the the manager of the video store um uh, alana and uh she uh, like takes him under her wing and yeah just he, she treats him really well even though he's really you know awkward and not nice to her all the time but it's a, it's a it's a compelling kind of film. So, yeah. So I'd give it a crack and it's, it was you know made it's from canada and it was made in 2022 um, but it's, uh, yeah, I think you can relate to it. I think if you like, um, you know, Kevin Smith kind of films, mm-hmm. you know, it's got, kind of got that Clerks vibe a little bit. Uh, it's not like 100% played for laughs, but there, there is comedy in there. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I Like Movies great, but that's one of the good films in Revelation. There's lots of other good stuff in there. So do I'll put a link to the um, 
the website on the uh, uh, unscripted film unscripted the film show Facebook page. God, hard to get that out. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and there you go. Go check it out. Go to Luna and pick up a actual copy of the program. Yeah, they so always this program there impress so. with their uh, their cool programs, yeah. and they spend so much time putting this together. And you know. Uh, pulling all the films from all over the world, you know, shorts, documentaries, uh, local films, mm. features. So there's just so much there to, to go and see. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's a fantastic festival that we are so privy to have here in, in WA. And I remember I did attend one year as a volunteer there and uh, was able to see as many kind of films as I could. Mm. And, yeah, really impressed with the um, selection of films that these guys go to. Uh, I feel like their festival must end and then they must just automatically start trying to, um, yeah, pull the next program together for I the following year. I probably watching films during the festival. Oh, yeah, for sure, because it's, it's just, it's huge. And it's five days. Mm. It's like five days. Like, And the with the tickets, you can go and you can buy, like, a, a ticket just to go and see a movie, or you can get, like, passes. And they've got the, the gold pass, which is 250 bucks, but... It's got over like a thousand dollars, one thousand fifty bucks in value, mm. and then you got a mini six pass that's ninety bucks. You see six films for ninety bucks. So there, there's ways of like if you really are a person who loves like these more independent kind of films, then you can just immerse yourself in five days of yeah. independent films. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely check that. Now there are other festivals that are out. There are one is the Spanish Film Festival, and I haven't seen. I've only seen one film, but there is another one that I'm keen to watch but uh, this year there's a selection of 32 films uh, offering film lovers a cinematic journey across Spain and Latin America. Uh, also celebrating 25 years this one uh, with the, the festival uh, but the film that I got to watch was called Greg Mortimer and this is a film or a documentary I should say that documents the events on board the Greg Mortimer cruise ship in 2020 uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. So this uh, particular ship set out from Argentina on March 15 and this was four days uh, after the World Health Organization had declared an international pandemic. So they kind of toyed with the idea should we go should we not they did uh, and after a week at sea coronavirus symptoms were detected uh, but by then the Argent or Argentina had closed its ports to cruise ships so they had to then try and uh, change course uh, to Uruguay to hopefully uh, be able to, you know, port there and, and get off. But there were a lot of issues with uh, just borders being closed over um, all, all mm-hmm. over the world. So cruise ships were really just stuck in limbo, floating around, not knowing what to do. Yeah, it was a scary time. Scary. And, you know, <laughs> off 132 passengers and 85 crew, 128 had tested positive. Uh, so, and, you know, meanwhile, there's this kind of, other story happening where the ship's operator uh, and captain had pressured the doctor on board to downplay the symptoms to try and get them, you know, docked. Mm. Uh, But, yeah, you've got, uh, you know, testimonies from the passengers uh, and crew and from the, you know, those who, you know, went out and rescued them because there was, you know, passengers that got slowly sicker and sicker and had to be, you know, airlifted into hospitals and things like that. And majority of the passengers were Australian, um, oh, okay. So, yeah, it was a kind of stock standard documentary, but I think it's an interesting look at the, you know, the immediate impacts of those border closures and just how scary COVID was when it was announced as a global pandemic. Uh, so, yeah, really fascinating insight into this one. And at one point on on the ship, I think of 85 crew, there were only 15 who weren't, you know, affected by it and at one point there was one guy cooking for the entire ship because everybody had gone down sick so yeah really interesting uh stuff uh but it is yeah part of the spanish film festival which uh, is screening from june 15th uh to july 5th that's Today. Today. So it opens today. So, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, get on board this one and take a look. And there's a heap of other films out, uh, like I said, as well. There is another one that I'm hoping to uh, watch. It's called Staring at Strangers. Uh, And I think it's about a man who gets trapped inside someone's closet. 
Oh, uh, yes, I saw And trailer it looked that. really, really good. So more to come from the Spanish Film Festival, but uh, <coughs> check out their program. Um, SpanishFilmFestival.com is where you can find all the films uh, playing. Uh, it is definitely one of my favourite uh, film festivals from, uh, you know, we get lucky mm. enough to see them from all over, you know, Scandinavia, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, I love the Spanish Film Festival. I think yeah. it's great. I, I saw a Prison 77, uh, which follows a young accountant, uh, a young accountant awaiting trial in 1977 who joins a uh, bunch of prisoners to demand amnesty. Ah. And it's based on a true story. Really interesting. Wow. Really good. Uh, what was the name of that, uh, that documentary again? That was called Greg Mortimer. Greg, Greg Mortimer. So, yep, that one is from documentary filmmaker uh, Federico Lemos. Uh, now, most of it's actually in English. There's uh, some subtitles, but uh, for the most part, it would be about 90% English. Okay. So I think it's just made uh, by a Spanish right. filmmaker. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it'll ease you into it before you have to uh, sit down and watch some subtitled films. Nice. Well, we should go to another ad and uh, then we'll come back. And we've got uh, um, Flash to talk about, so uh, maybe we'll get stuck into that. That sounds good. I, I know the people who are listening to this on a podcast won't have heard uh, the ad that we just played. Uh, but the ad was a, a, a take on the um, Get Smart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's, I, I miss TV shows like that. That was uh, oh, those are the days. Things seemed so much more simpler. There was less to choose from. You were kind of just forced to watch what was on, <laughs> yeah. and you had to wait for it. Now there's just too much stuff out there, which is can be really hard and confusing for some people. I find it really difficult to, you know, pin down what I want to watch and find something that. Uh, yeah, it keeps me interested. So, and, and you just like you, you just enjoyed it for for what it was. It was kind of like this, you know, guy who the, him and his boss would sit down and they'd be going like, right, okay, I'm going to give you a briefing on what the mission is. And he's like, you know, boss, should we be using a cone of silence here? And the boss is like, oh, not this again. It's kind of like, and then they put the cone of silence down. They can't hear each other. It's like just really like you know simplistic kind of jokes. People but, getting into shenanigans. Yeah. and us having a laugh at it. <sighs> But I, I mean, yeah, I say that you know those things are gone. But then we've you know, had the Adams Family back in the day, and now we've got uh, Wednesday, which is like mm. an Adams Family TV show. Um, so yeah, those, those things can be can be brought into the the, the modern era and done in a different kind of way. Absolutely. So, um, but then there, there are movies that will pay tribute to uh, different um, versions of characters from different eras, possibly. I don't know. You'll have to go and see the film. Uh, but we've seen a lot of multiversal kind of things recently. Obviously, uh, in, in Marvel, that's mm-hmm. getting really deep into the... Um, Marvel multiverse, and we're seeing different variations of, of, of characters, and the whole uh, you know um, uh, phase that they're in at the moment um, is supposed to be you know about the multiverse and everything like that. Uh, but uh, and also you got Spider Man into the Spider Verse in cinemas, sorry, across the Spider Verse in cinemas <laughs> at the, as we speak. Um, Dealing with the the the, the Spider Man <laughs> multiverse, which is linked to the Marvel multiverse, um, but the uh, the Flash is just coming out today, finally, because this film was supposed to be out uh, you know, a long time ago, um, but due to you know, COVID mm. um, and and due to uh, its star uh, Ezra Miller having some uh, issues with uh, the law. Um, kind of push back the uh, the release of this one because it's I think they were trying to. Um, <coughs> trying to, you know, distance themselves a bit from the the legal shenanigans. Yeah, um, makes sense. Because when you've got a a person who's the lead of your film, like the the the, the um you know title character, uh, uh, and not just playing one version of himself, but playing two versions of of himself, um, it's it's very difficult. But uh, this film is based on a flash story called Flashpoint. Uh, and in Flashpoint, Barry Allen, the Flash, mm-hmm. um, he's kind of had enough of the fact that his mum was murdered when he was a young boy. And he realises that due to his speed and his association with the Speed Force, he can go back in time and actually save his mum. But as we all know... It's never a good thing, is it? <laughs> no. It's not a good thing. If you go back in time and you play with time, it is going to have a... It's going to have consequences on the future. Mm-hmm. So um, 
Yeah, in, the, in this film, uh, you know, the, the Justice League is still a thing. Uh, the Flash is working very close with Batman and Batman kind of like calls him and goes, like, I need you to do this, I need you to do that kind of thing. Um, but he's still, his dad's trial's coming up and it's it's weighing on his mind about his mum and then he discovers this new power and his ability to go back into the past. And obviously he addresses this with, with Bruce Wayne, played by um, uh, Ben Affleck. Um <coughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm really sorry. One day I will stop coughing. I swear, <laughs> I will swear I will stop coughing. Um, he uh, so he, he talks to Bruce Wayne, and Bruce is like, dude, don't do that. That that's just stupid. It's don't good. don't do it. Just don't. No, no. Uh, but he he does. <laughs> he of course goes, he does. Yeah. He, he goes back. Um, he saves Mummy Dearest, and he's like, hey, everything's good. Let's go to the future. And then he's like running to the future, and something like knocks him out of um, you know his his path to the future. So he ends up in the past, though so not the past when he was a kid, but the past, you know, probably, you know, he's in his 20s yeah. and he ends up when his counterpart is about 18. Oh. Um, and not a superhero, not a Flash. Yeah. He's just Barry Allen <gasps> dude that goes to school. So he's got no powers. <laughs> yeah. So, you don't know, no, there's two versions. You've got the Barry, okay. Barry Allen Flash with the powers yep. who's in his 20s and then Barry Allen, Barry Allen <gasps> non-Flash gotcha. who's just an 18-year-old guy going to school. Normal dude. Who has grown up with his mum. Ah. Yeah. Oh, I see. It all makes sense. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Now, it's this is multiversal. If you've mm-hmm. seen the trailer, you know that this film has more than one Batman in it. Mm-hmm. And I've spoken about Ben Affleck Batman being in it. We've seen him. He's awesome. But you've also got the best Batman of all time, Michael Keaton. Yay. <laughs> Michael Keaton is back uh, in the bat suit, and I, I think that's one of the things. Like this film, uh, like love, love, love this film. Mm-hmm. Like Ezra Miller, for all their issues, mm-hmm. is a great actor, and this is his best performance of the Barry Allen. Mm. Both Barry Allens, he does a great job, but he's carrying the film for the first half of it before you get to. Michael Keaton, and I don't know. I don't know if uh, everyone is like this, but for me, uh, even though this film is called The Flash, mm-hmm. I was going and going. It's Batman Returns again. That's <laughs> this is this is the third Batman film like that I've been hanging out for for the last thirty years, um, and I I was not disappointed. Like I was just like the the introduction of him into the film, uh, the the way that uh, his character develops even even further, it, it was amazing. And they had uh, as you will see when you watch a trailer, um, you've also got Zod coming back. So you can kind of like set this film. This reality is going through what um, the people in the Man of Steel. Uh, reality went through when when Man of Steel happened. No, no so Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. No, 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 and it was Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah, it was Man of Steel. When when you first got to see Henry Cavill as Superman, Zod came down and they had the big fighty fight. That happens in this this film, but it's that's just a backdrop. Like you know, there's real there's stuff happening in the, uh, the in the background, but mm-hmm. the, the actual story is in the foreground, yep. and it's a the. Even though big stuff is happening, the story is more personal. Um, it, I mean, if you've watched uh, The Flash on um, the CW, the, the one with Grant Gustin as, as a Flash, uh, if you've read Flashpoint, then you kind of know what's happening here. It's not going to be any surprise to you, but they do a really good job of telling this story. And it's not, it's not beat for beat the same as mm-hmm. the comic. There is, I think, out of all the uh, like comic book movies that are based on an actual comic, like a... You know, Civil War was similar to Civil War, but it was very far apart from what the actual comic was. Yeah, this is kind of like they've taken Flashpoint and they've you know done an adaption of it, mm-hmm. and it's fairly faithful with 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 changes. Like okay. um, in Flashpoint, um, the Batman character was Batman, but it wasn't Bruce Wayne; it was Thomas Wayne, yeah. and Bruce Wayne was the one that got killed. Um, and so it's very – and Thomas was more vengeful than, yeah, than Bruce right. was more, more of a justice person. But the uh, – yeah, I, I, I think if you, if you enjoy 
watching this, then definitely get your hands on the Flashpoint comic and read that. It is really good. I think they've done a Flashpoint cartoon as well. So there's very a few different ways of watching Flashpoint. But I think um, as far as like you know, outside of the comic, this is is the best version, and it's the best version because it's got Michael Keaton in there, <laughs> and not just because it's got Michael Keaton in there. It's got some other um, characters, other versions of Batman, and other versions of Superman mm-hmm. are going to pop up in this film and if you, if you know the, the cinematic history of those characters you are going to be so delighted when you see it um, I am just stoked by this film um, it was they were, they were actually doing some screenings where it was the unfinished version of it oh. um, I've got a friend who actually went to go and see it and the, the very final scene of the film was not in the version he saw so I was kind of happy for him that when he paid his 25 bucks and saw it again. Got to see, experience that. Yeah, he got to experience <laughs> that because when, when it happened, I was just like, yeah, that, that's, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like that. Because Kat and I, before we went in, we were just talking about what we were anticipating and what we were expecting to see in this film. And I, I think pretty much everything that we were like, yeah, I hope to see this, I hope mm-hmm. to see this, um, it, it came came through and uh, it just made made us feel like, yeah, people say that, yeah, that there's fan service, but they, they served me really well in this film so I, I was just like I was very very chuffed and like am, am I upset that the the DCEU is going away because the only I think I think the only film we've got left in this is Aquaman I think now uh-huh. I don't know I don't know if Blue Beetle is going to be part of the DCEU or whether it's going to be included more in the the James Gunn side of things uh, but yeah that's coming out as well that looks kind of cool we saw a trailer for that um but yeah, it's uh, it's it's sad that it's wrapping up, but it's just weird that they're doing their best work now. <laughs> yeah, mm. but uh, no, I, I'm so interested in seeing this. I'm quite disappointed I didn't get a chance to go, but uh, definitely worth checking out because it's in cinemas now. It is so. in cinemas now, and I'm going to give uh, this film five lightning charged chemical bottles. Ooh. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to imagine what that is, but uh, yeah, no, I um, yeah, am really excited to see this. So uh, I'm going to have to add that to the list of, of films to go and see. Probably better to see it in cinema. So. Oh my God, go go see this in, on the biggest screen with the best sound. Um, I think D-Box, I, I, hopefully Kat and I can go and see it again in D-Box because that'll be, that'll be awesome. Excellent. Um, yeah, it just this is... Just great. <laughs> it's really like I, I was. I was so happy with this film. It's, um, yeah. It, I, I just. I, I, I. Do I need to see more of Mike Keaton as Batman? I think. I think now. I think I've seen him as the old Batman. Mm-hmm. So unless they do a, a Batman Beyond film where he comes and becomes the um, uh, like the mentor for a new young Batman in the future. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy here. You've got closure. You can, yeah. You're happy with it. Um, I'm happy which, with it. Which is yeah. great. So you've, you've had your Michael Keaton. Yeah, but uh, but DC, if you do want to do a Batman Beyond film, I'm not stopping you. Bring Michael Keaton true. back. <laughs> make make him the uh, the make him the guy. I'm I'm happy with that. It's fine. Uh-huh. Um, and then, like you know, we can wait another, like say, you know, twenty years. Um, not, not, not for Michael Keaton because he'll be way too old. He'll then. be old by then. But you know, um, the, the the Dark Knight um, uh, stuff that uh, Frank Miller did. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring back Affleck and get him to do that that version of it. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it, they don't need, just because they've, they've played Batman doesn't mean they can't do it again. <laughs> just bring him out, bring him out of retirement. Anyway, uh, we, we'll be back in a second with a more after this. Oh, that, the flash so good. Oh, Just... <laughs> it's topping the list. It's making its way on there for maybe the top ten. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Just, to, to me, like, uh, you know, I know we've been lucky. We've had, uh, you know, the Batman Begins uh, with Bale and we've had, uh, you know, the Affleck Batman in yeah. the DCU and then we've had uh, Robert Patterson giving us a, a very different version of the Batman in The Batman. The Batman. Um, but still, for my money, I mean, go back to Adam West. Adam West was a great Batman as well. Very mm-hmm. different Batman, but still beloved. Uh, but, yeah, for my money, it's Michael Keaton. Mm. I'm Batman. Batman. Just that's just. He's it. probably the yeah the, the best voice. Mm. Batman. Um, I liked the Robert Pattinson one, but uh, I just think that that was because it was just a, a unique 
type of Batman. But uh, anyway, looking forward to seeing The Flash. But mm. uh, I have been watching some TV, which is not something I do very often, but uh, sometimes I like to sit down and just binge something that I can sit back and enjoy. And I stumbled across this new TV series uh, called Based on a True Story Season 1. Now, this stars Kaylee Kuko from uh, The Big Bang Theory. You've also got Chris Messina from uh, Birds of Prey or uh, more recently we've seen him in Air. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved his role in that. Uh, and they play Nathan and Ava, a soon-to-be or soon-to-be parents who are struggling to make ends meet. Uh, they uncover that their plumber, however might be a murderer. Ooh. Ooh. So they then try and uh, figure out how can they benefit from this bit of information. And, of course, podcasts are very, very, very popular. So they want to get on train the, uh, you know, true crime podcast. So they're trying to figure out how can they use the fact that their plumber is a serial killer to maybe do a podcast. And... uh, It's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek. I think those who liked crime series like Dead to Me, Good Girls and You will enjoy this. It kind of ends each episode on a a bit of a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, you know, it ends quite abruptly. So the the entire season does. There's eight episodes currently now. So I think there may be another series. Uh, But uh, it's not going to take out any awards, but... It's a fresh premise and, you know, a bit of a true crime satire and it really takes a dig at people's obsession with serial killers and and crime podcasts. Uh, And, you know, the whole fact that there's, uh, you know, Tom Bateman plays uh, the plumber in this and, uh, yeah, just really, really, really fun to watch. So I hope they do do a new season. But, uh, yeah, just good fun and, yeah, just it it really makes you think about people's uh, obsession with listening to true crime and, and... and things like that because I find it quite awful sometimes to listen to that stuff, but people love it. So, I uh, do. Do you think they made this because uh, they only murders in the building? The the Disney show was so popular. Potentially, so this is a bit of a different take on it. Uh, uh, you know, I really enjoyed Kaylee Kuko and and Christmas Cena as the main characters, and they play really well with Tom Bateman, who plays the serial killer, and he clearly has a lot of fun in this role uh, too. It's obviously completely far fetched. Uh, I don't think this stuff is out there happening, but uh, yeah, it's a good fun, nice twenty minute episodes. Apart from the the first first episode which is about 40 minutes uh, and then it drops down into uh, smaller episodes so yeah very binge worthy it's on binge <laughs> so check it out people uh, if you like that so uh, and I just started watching a new TV. Oh, before, before you move on for, from that um, the uh Kelly Kuoko was on Smartless. Uh, that Smartless is a podcast with um, uh, uh, what's her names? Ah, oh, I can never, never, never remember that. Jason Bateman's one of them. Uh, and then you've got um, ah, S M A R T L E S S. Smartless, Smartless. Uh, see that? Um, they they uh, do a show. Uh, I think that's the wrong one. There's a, a show called Smartless on the Road, which is not oh. not what I want. I want uh, Smartless. I want American actors: uh, <laughs> Sean Hayes, Will Arnett, and Jason Bateman. Um, ah. So the, the conceit of the this podcast is every week they bring on a guest. So one of them brings on a guest. Yep. The other two don't know who that guest is. Oh, and so cool. so you can't prepare questions or anything like that. You're kind of like you just react to whoever's there. That's and then cool. And they do and do you think and uh, Bateman, Sean and um, uh, and what's his face? Will uh, Will, <laughs> will <on it. laughs> they, they they have such great chemistry yeah. together and they just bounce off each other. But they had Kaylee Cuoco on the other oh. week uh, and talking about uh, this uh, TV show um, and it was it was really interesting because um, she was you know uh, when Cat <laughs> just I mean Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes um, and the other guy uh, <laughs> Will Arnett um, the the yeah to, to talk about it and uh, like when she was going in there to like get the job she's like now how do you guys feel about my character being pregnant <laughs> and because ah, she was literally pregnant so that is true because she is pregnant throughout and yeah. I wonder yeah they might have they would have had to have written yeah, that in they wrote it in uh, for her which um yeah I, I liked it though it added to the whole thing which uh, is is really cool and yeah I think 
her and Miss mm. um, Christmasina are just uh, a lot of fun in this. So you should definitely listen to the Smartless episode. I will. It's really, really good. I will. I like the uh, the premise mm. and idea of that is, yeah, having a guest you're not prepared for. Yes. Because, you know, what are you prepared for? you just got to go by the fly and ask them questions and hope for the best. So... But go. they've interviewed great. Like they've been doing it for ages. They've interviewed some amazing people. Yeah. I'm listening to them uh, interview the Russo brothers. Who oh, cool! From the you know Marvels, uh, you know Captain America, the Winter Soldier, yeah. Civil War, uh, Avengers, Infinity War, mm-hmm. Endgame. Also, they kind of started uh, with Jason Bateman and Will Arnett on um, uh, what do we call it? The uh, ah. Arrested Development. Yeah. Uh, they're also involved in community. Uh, these guys have been around. They've done stuff. Uh, very interesting. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff on Smartless. There you go. Now, you were talking about another show. Oh, I, I, I'm kind of on a binge run at the moment. Every time I jump onto binge, there's always something that kind of pulls my interest. So, I started watching uh, a new show called, uh, it's called The Idol. There's only two episodes that have dropped, but it stars uh, Lily Rose Depp uh, and uh, The Weeknd, uh, who is uh, the, the singer, The Weeknd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, yeah, it's about a, a young singer, Jocelyn, played by Lily Rose Depp, who's kind of at the height of her career, but uh, things go bad. She has a bit of a mental breakdown and uh, then she meets this kind of self-help relationship guru who I haven't quite figured out is almost part of a cult or is the leader of a cult I think Uh, and they have this weird relationship but uh, yeah it's only two episodes in but I'm liking it it's a little bit kind of dark and uh, yeah I'm interested to see where where it goes so um, I like the tone of it it's a bit gritty and uh, but it has me has me hooked so cannot wait for a new episode of that to drop. Isn't Uh, there some like sexy stuff happening in there? It is pretty sexy Um, that is for sure I think that it definitely is is a little bit erotic and I think that is a big part of this series uh, which I can see moving forward but I'm more interested in this this relationship and then the cult kind of aspect mm. to it and this this poor you think she's a brat but you almost feel sorry for her because she's got lots of money she's famous she's you know but you almost feel sorry for her mm. because she's had this nervous breakdown and you know she's stuck and yeah I just want to see how that plays out so yeah, we'll see. It's got me hooked. Um, but unfortunately, not one where they've dropped every episode, so I do have to uh, wait. So it kind of defeats the purpose of calling this binge, doesn't it? <laughs> that's right. Appointment TV. That's what it is. Now, <laughs> we, we've got to get out of here. I have queued up a, a slightly longer song than usual because uh, I wanted to play some Prince because of Batman because, yeah, that was, it was Excellent. the first Batman film. I'm going to play our Let's Go Crazy. But we've got a few, like a, a minute or so more to go. Um, and there's, like, sometimes they, they put announcement things here um, – uh, for us to read out, and I, I saw this one at the the top of the page, and it's it's quite close to to your and my heart because we're both animal lovers, um, and uh, you know we've got I've got dogs and you've got dogs and cats and all those sort of things. Um, so this is a, a just a, an announcement uh, that I'm going to read read out because it's important. Yeah. Uh, so animal rescue groups have reached crisis point. Unprecedented numbers of dogs and cats are being surrendered, found on the streets, homeless, and irresponsible uh, and irresponsible owners not sterilising their pets are contributing to the problem. Uh, rescue is the best breed. Please consider now adopting or fostering one of the many beautiful furries desperately needing a forever home and family. You will receive ne- a never-ending unconditional love. Please contact the Shenton Park Dogs Home to help. Uh, please like in their Facebook page, Shenton Park Dogs Home. Uh, please donate and please help. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, yeah, mm. there is a lot of animals that are looking for that forever home and looking for that uh, that love. And, uh, yeah, if you do have that space in your home and that space in your heart and uh, have the, the the funds to be able to, uh, you know, look after the dog in the style it's been accustomed to, yeah. then uh, do get in contact with the uh, the Shenton Park uh, Dog Home. And they've also got the, uh, the cats as well. So They do. No, fantastic mm. cause. So get behind it, people. Indeed, indeed. Well, that is pretty much uh, it for this week on Unscripted, the film show. Uh, Cecilia and I will be back next week, hopefully with Rachel, who is feeling poorly tonight, and we hope that Rachel gets uh, better soon. Uh, And uh, we will be uh, back in your ears next Thursday night. See you then. I keep going see you, but I won't see you. No. You'll you'll hear us, and we'll be talking. Talk to you next week. We'll be talking at you. (laughs) See you, Unscripted Nights. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.